welcome to the Wilder Outdoors podcast, where you'll get the inspiration and information you need to have great outdoor adventures with your family. I'm Rob, your host. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Today I have with me my friends, Tom and Steph Alcivar. And if you have been listening to the podcast for any time, you have heard both of them. They are very much a power couple when it comes to raising kids in the outdoors. Uh, And today I have them on to talk about something that they're both very passionate about, uh, adventure racing. And I am and was new to adventure racing, uh, but Tom and Steph have really shown me what an amazing thing this can be, uh, both for you, your you know, maybe just you and your spouse, or if you're more adventurous for you and your kids, uh, it's a really just exciting way to get into the outdoors, especially if you are inclined to sports or athletics. It's just a really cool thing to do. And so Tom and Steph share some really great stories, uh, some really great tips and tricks for how to start adventure racing. And it's, it's just a great conversation. So you won't want to miss it. But before we start, just a few housekeeping things. If you could do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast, it would help me out a ton. And if at the end you like it, please go leave it a good review. It helps me out. It helps raise the podcast in the the rankings so that more people can discover it. Again, a huge help to me. So, you know, if you like it, please consider giving it a good review. And finally, if you do anything in the outdoors, especially with kids, you know that safety is important. And even just recently, uh, I've been in some some pretty scary situations with you know both me by myself and also with my kids. Now, thankfully, it didn't turn into anything too dangerous because I was prepared. And so what I have done for you all is I've come up with a free resource, essential gear to take with you anytime you're in the outdoors. And basically, I list for you all the things that I bring with me anytime I go into the outdoors and how and why to use them. And my hope is that that gives you sort of an extra level of preparedness and safety as you go and have your family outdoor adventures. So if you would like that, please go to www.wilderoutdooracademy.com slash safety. Again, that's wilderoutdooracademy.com slash safety. And with that, let's start today's episode. Hi, everyone. Today I have with me my good friends, Tom and Steph Alcivar. And if you have been listening to the podcast for any time, you will have heard them. They are both basically celebrities of this podcast at this point. Uh, If you haven't listened to their episodes yet, check out episodes 6 and 12, where they talk about uh, mountain biking with your family and also camping in the national parks, which they do really, really well with their kids. Uh, But today we're going to talk about something else, which is adventure racing. So Tom and Steph, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. So for folks who don't know you, give us a quick rundown on sort of who you are and your family. Sure. Uh, I'll start. Tom and I met in the... I guess early 2000s, uh, playing water polo. We we both played for the U of M while Tom was a grad student. I was undergrad. Uh, we kind of did our own thing for a while. Uh, got closer together as we both we found out we had a mutual interest in triathlons and other activities outdoors, and um, we've kind of. We've kind of grown up together then and it, with a lot of different activities and and through parenting and keeping our kids active. That's uh, That's been a, a huge part of our life. And so what, to continue on with that, uh, my career as a personal trainer and coach allowed us to sort of stay well connected with a lot of the activities that we were interested in and 
made it part of our a business for me, as well as a enjoyable pursuit and passion for the both of us. And so as I'm training other clients, it allowed uh, Steph and I to be part of that all. And it just folded it in to our our sort of our daily and, and yearly plans and schedules. It sort of normalized it. And with that momentum going into having a family, it, it being the norm made it uh, just pretty straightforward as far as, okay, well, this is how we want to live. This is what we're doing. And as we have kids, they're going to be part of that. It will adjust the adventure, but it won't necessarily totally make it do a 90 degree or 180 degree turn uh, from where, how we want to pursue our life. And so the kids have been part of that equation and they've, they've led us on our, on their own adventures. But for the most part, the, the guide rails for us participating in activities that challenge us has, has been the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was a point where I, I remember I felt like I knew you guys better because like in my mind up until probably pretty recently, exercise is always kind of like the vegetables of life, right? You got to you gotta do it, but you don't always like it. But what I, I know and I love about you two is that you, like for you guys, physical activity is like like the main course and the dessert. Like you guys love it and you do it together. I feel the same way about vegetables, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now, now Michelle, my wife, she, uh, she does in fact love vegetables and I, I look forward to understanding what that's about someday. <laughs> um, but today is not that day. So what is adventure racing? Well, it's a, it's a broad term. And we took part in some that were were called adventure races, but were actually sort of uh, multidiscipline races that were had more disciplines than, say, a triathlon. Three three different activities in there. And the first one that we did that uh, was considered a called an adventure race uh, was one that was up in Duluth, and it was called the Adventure Duluth Race, and it had six different. Uh, events where you started off with a, a wetsuit swim in Lake Superior, moving on into uh, a nine mile kayak, into a 14 mile mountain bike ride in around the Spirit Mountain, then 11 miles of rollerblading, and then into four miles of whitewater kayaking. Well, not all whitewater, but why I had some whitewater rapid uh, canoeing and then a 10 mile trail run with very relatively voluptuous hills throughout Jay Cook State Park. The only thing that was, wasn't was a large part of that race, which is a huge part of adventure racing, is the orienteering element of it. That wasn't really a, a discipline that you needed to lean on because everything was kind of flagged out and they they pointed you in all the all the right directions. It was mainly the uh, the team effort that you put forth to, to get through this challenge. So that was our, our first one. And then side note, that was actually one that I ended up uh, afterwards proposing to Steph. Uh, after after completing that race but other ones that we've taken part in they can run six hours 12 hours 24 uh, we've never done more than than a 24-hour race uh, but there are ones that people might be more familiar with like the eco challenge which that's that's like the creme de la creme top most uh, taxing and dangerous 
uh, form of these types of adventure races where orienteering and planning and logistics and I mean, you've got some real serious dangers that you, you put yourself in front of, but there's everything in between. But the, the orienteering part and knowing where to go, that's probably one of the largest elements of any adventure race. And then you sprinkle in anything from sailing to running to horseback riding to canoeing, mountain biking, hiking. It's put in an event around that and then have people orient themselves to it is probably uh, a safe definition for adventure racing. First of all, I love the fact that you proposed after an adventure race, Tom. Um, and I, I feel like I can't go on without just hearing the story of that race. So what was what was that race like? Um, well, I went into it with the idea that after this race, which ultimately took us nine plus hours to do as a, as a tandem, as a group, you could have done it solo. You could have done in, in, uh, as a relay, the groups of six people or, or three, or, and we decided to do it together. And the idea was, wow, this, this gal who I'd been courting for over a year or so, if she can hang with me during this, uh, huge event, boy, she's, she's a keeper. But it ended up turning out that throughout that race, I, I burnt myself out. And so when we came to the, the final event, which was the 10 and a half mile race, uh, I was flagging and Steph was just hitting her stride and she had a bounce in her step that was, it was scary. <laughs> I didn't think I would be able to, to hang with her. And ultimately it, it put me in a situation where despite my past athletic prowess and the amount of athletic identity and confidence that I draw from that, I had, I was in a very vulnerable spot that Steph was able to guide me through and we were able to complete the event. And that's ultimately what sealed the deal for me. That's awesome. Steph. Well, I feel like I just heard it from Tom's perspective. <laughs> you I need to hear from your perspective. Hot take? Yes. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it was Tom's idea to do it. I had done it in previous years as part of a relay and that was very achievable. And and he started talking as if like, yeah, we're going to sign up for this. We have to buy mountain bikes because we've not done much mountain biking before. We Tom had to buy rollerblades. Like this was an investment in learning new skills and then racing them. And, and so, so I, when I, go into something new like that, I, I tend to prepare. I am at the stage of my life now with racing that I, I, <laughs> I tend to go into things very unprepared and that's, and that's a challenge in itself, but it's a, it's a, it's a trade-off that I'm willing to make at this point in my experience. Um, but so I was, I was very intent on, on preparing for it. And, um, and it, the the thing that's so great about adventure races is that there's there's enough unpredictable unpredictability to them that uh, that it keeps it really engaging and and fun and so uh, it just so happened that it's it's late in September where this race is and it's in Duluth Minnesota so it's cold we're swimming in Lake Superior uh, it just so happened that there were six foot waves that day. And they ended up having to shorten the swim course, which is unfortunate for Tom and me, who are both strong swimmers, but we're swimming in like surfing type waves. 
and then we, when we were kayaking, we were in a, if you've ever been to Duluth and you've seen the giant lakers that go, uh, go through the, the bay, the, that we were in a shipping lane and ended up having to pull over all of the kayakers had to pull over, uh, in, in the shipping lane, uh, to let, to let one of the lakers go through. And we couldn't get out of our kayaks, but we, we just hung out wet and cold in our kayaks in the water watching the ship go by it it was raining pretty much and, off and on and the entire day um and we're in a double kayak and and i really have to go to the bathroom and so mind you we are not engaged yet and i just tell tom i have i'm sorry i have to let it go <laughs> and so <laughs> i pee in the kayak and uh, Tom takes it like a champ and is supportive. And we have another eight miles to go in the kayak. Uh, and and uh, he he makes it through just fine. We both do. And then uh, and then we go for uh, a mountain bike ride in complete mud and and disaster. And by the time we got to the rollerblade, as Tom said, that's when I was hitting my stride. It was much more of a skill that I had than Tom did. And so he was really starting to cramp up and I was, it was kind of a rest for me. Kind of have to picture me standing right behind her, holding onto her hips as we roller skied, oh, not roller skied, <laughs> as we rollerbladed up this trail that was wet with a lot of crack filler, which gets really slippery. And... Yeah, I, I pretty much had to just hold onto her hips and skate behind her. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Tom was very chivalrous on the uh, on the canoe portion because we did have a we did have a portage section and uh, and we couldn't both be under the canoe. It was a it was a giant uh, kind of leisure canoe that we were using that we had gotten a hold of. It had drink holders in it, uh, and. And, and so he carried the whole thing on his own, thus burning out his legs even more. Uh, and then we got onto the trail run. And as Tom said, I was, I was feeling great. I was talkative. I was, I was upbeat and Tom was just trying to get through. Uh, but it, it, for, for me, the discovery that you get to a certain point uh, in you know, I'm tired. I'm, I'm exhausted. It's been a long day. Maybe I should stop. Uh, and, and you push through that. Um, and you find out that you still have so much, so much more left as long as you keep feeling your body. And, uh, and so it was, I, I learned that, you know, I, I, I take to endurance activities pretty well there. So that, uh, that was our, Oh, and, and one other, one other point about it. So, so during the canoe, somebody, some other team asked us if we were that, that married couple that, uh, that just got married before we did this race. And we said, we said, no. And (laughs) that was what Tom brought up later when he said, well, do you want to, do you want to be that married couple that does these things? So the rest is history. I mean, I, I think Steph, you hit on what I was thinking about, right? Which is, I think Tom, you got into this to discover something about someone else. Um, you wound up discovering something very different about that person and about yourself, you know, 
And I think that's kind of the beauty of these hard things. So what's, you know, talk a little bit about the things you learn through these really hard experiences. Well, when you're taking on challenges like this in a group, whether or not it's a group of two or four or six or more, there everyone comes into the activity with varying degrees of abilities. And uh, even at the highest levels, there are some people who have their great navigators. Others are mules that can go on for days carrying most of the gear. And there are others who serve the function of maintaining morale and keeping the logistical support of keeping people eating and just focusing on not the negatives, but the positives and, and how to push through. So they all figuring out what role you all play is a, is a big part of it. But I, Steph and I were actually having a conversation about this earlier on. Uh, when I would train people for either adventure races or even obstacle course races where you might be going in teams, uh, your ability to acknowledge your limits and then also contribute uh, more yourself. So if you don't acknowledge your limits and say, hey, I, I, I have to slow down or this is too fast for me, this is too heavy, I need help. If you can't do that, you're going to burn out and the group is going to have to support you and carry your dead weight. And, but if you are hesitant to, on the other end, offer your help where it could be used, um, then the team itself can't perform at its best and someone else ends up burning out and you're in that same situation. So being able to be vulnerable, but also willing to contribute so that you are moving towards sort of this goal together and knowing that your gifts are different than other people's gifts. Uh, that's sort of a big part of the, the adventure racing scene that you're constantly figuring this out with the new variables that are in front of you. Cause every challenge is a little bit different. People come there in different States. Um, and so that's, I think is what's the largest draw are the challenges. And then the people that you'll be figuring out and establishing hopefully even better relationships with by the end of it. So what would you say are both of your, like, I want to say strengths, but really in that setting, they, they almost feel like superpowers. So what are, like, what are both of your superpowers when you adventure race? I think mine tends to be both um, kind of just being able to continue through adversity uh, and, and sensing what other people need and providing that. Uh, and and that you, that that second one is kind of like parenting, right? Where you know you have, if you're if you're both parenting your kids, and and you notice that one one of you is getting frustrated and not making the best parenting decisions, the other one the other one tends to step in and let the other one cool off for a bit, and and you, you rely on each other that way. And and for me. I, you know, was never the strongest runner, the strongest biker, the strongest navigator, but man, I would know, I could notice if somebody uh, hadn't fueled themselves in a while and was starting to flag and I'd remind them to do that. Or uh, if, if somebody, you know, was still, was, was running behind, I can, I can pull for a while and, and be that, that mule um, and, and let them draft off of me just to get them over a certain hump. So, so kind of navigating that, that, uh, all play Jack of all trades, uh, characteristic. Um, and that, that second one, 
or the, the, the first one I said is pushing through adversity. We had a race where one of the, one of the rules at the beginning of the race was you're going to leave your, you're going to go to this specific location and drop your bikes off and lock them up together. And at some point during the day, the next day, that's where you're going to pick those bikes up and you're going to navigate there somehow, some way uh, off of some discipline. Well, we ended up getting to the, to the bikes after, after a long kayak and we realized that the key went missing, the key for our, for our bike lock that we locked everything together with. And this is a U-lock. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a U-lock. It's unbreakable. And instead of a number combo, we had a, we had a key. And, um, and Tom is, is kind of retracing his steps thinking, where did we drop it? And how did we, how could we have done this? And, and my, um, you know, I quickly went to, hey, we're near a city. Let's find somebody. Let's get to a hardware store and let's cut this lock. And so and so just the, the, the less dwelling on what happened and how did we how did we fail and more like we've got to move on and we can reflect on that later. So that tends to be mine, my skill sets. Yeah, I, I found myself really sort of jamming my gears at that point and just trying to figure out what led us there. And going to sort of a dark negative place while Steph was, okay, this is the situation. Let's move on. Let's find a solution. And so she pulled me out of that uh, with that emphasis. And you can, early on in adventure racing, I leveraged, since I didn't have a lot of orienteering skills and was very new to the event, I just leaned on my physical abilities. And it's then that I, I learned the lesson that the slowest way to go is fast in the wrong direction. In a, uh, another adventure race, it was a 12-hour one that we did. We, I was feeling great about it. I wanted to pull everyone. I wanted to navigate. I wanted to do it all. And so in my, my attempt to do all of it, we were biking and holding a terrific pace. And I... Um, when we got to the next checkpoint, we realized, wait a minute, we're, we're at 18, but what happened to 17? And as we retraced it, we realized seven miles back, we totally blew by seven or 17. And our only course of action really to follow through with the rules of getting all the checkpoints in a particular order was to bike back seven miles into the wind turn around and then come back. So it added an extra 14 miles of hard biking because we were biking hard because we were ahead. We were, we were in a good position and I had just put my head down and try to rely upon physical abilities. And that just wasn't the smartest way to go. Afterwards, I, I just felt the sting of that, that lesson throughout the rest of that race because everyone else had put in so much effort to sort of stay, stay together with that, that, um, yeah, it was a it was a lesson well learned that a few few moments taken pause to to figure out where you are and what you're doing. Slow can be fast in that situation. Mm. What do you think your key strength is? Uh, as far as key strength, um, I will perpetually be coaching people on techniques and little efficiencies that, in the course of a an adventure race that might last 
six hours or 12 hours or 24 hours, little things that you do, techniques on how you walk or how how you are, are doing a particular movement, they add up. You multiply it by 10,000 steps or 100,000 steps or pedals or paddles or something like. And these things can help you reduce your output by 10% or avoid a blister that's going to totally torpedo the rest of everyone's efforts. So I guess my, um, outside of me trying to, to lean on strength and endurance, it was being able to critique and adjust people along the way so that their efforts are, are more efficient. And especially if they, they are struggling, finding ways in which to sort of shape the challenge in front of us so that it isn't just one big mountain to climb. It's we got to get to the top of this hill or let's make an adjustment. Let's move the packs around. Let's, let's find something that keeps you moving forward. It's because this isn't the end right now. This is just, you know, another chapter or another, another step that we have to have to take and we're going to have to make some adjustments. And so being able to make those adjustments along the way, when I stay personally fueled and hydrated, I can make those great decisions. But as you will talk about maybe later on is, during these adventure races, fueling and hydrating is such a large part, no matter how strong or how great a navigator you might end up being or how cheerful you might be. And as a morale officer, if you're not eating and fueling right, it, it all goes down the drain. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would add to that, um, that skill. There's, there's also the, the thoughtfulness that Tom puts into um, the, just the planning, the packing, the equipment. For the same reasons as as what he does when he's when he's coaching about these these little efficiencies that you can do with a change in technique, a change in packing technique, getting your food ordered the right way, doing all these things that he pays attention to that I tend to just kind of throw everything in a bag um, makes a makes a huge difference when you're when you're constantly reaching in and out and needing, you know, needing to to have fuel, wanting to avoid blisters, having the right thing, the right you know, protection on your feet, that sort of thing. Um, Tom is, is super thoughtful in that way and in having it be a lot less painful throughout the whole thing. <laughs> well, I can attest to all of that for both of you. Not that I've adventure raced with you, but you guys have both, um, I've benefited from both of your strengths. Uh, I think, you know, recently Michelle and I did that through hike of the Grand Canyon and, and you know, Tom wasn't there with us, obviously. But, um, I had one injury, uh, that I thought was really weird and really mysterious. And when we got back, Tom's first thing was like, yeah, you probably, you know, decelerated the wrong way with your foot and, you know, multiply that times all the steps to get through the Grand Canyon and you got, you got an injury. So yeah, you guys are, are, uh, certainly a power couple and, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I think everybody should go on an adventure race before uh, they get married because <laughs> like you guys are such a good team, right? Um, I think it, just going kayaking in, in a single kayak with, with your, your significant <laughs> other is, uh, is, is enough to, to decide whether or not you guys can get married. It, that is an interesting point that we had had a chance to put ourselves through sort of um, voluntary crucibles, so to speak, where things got hot, they got messy, complicated. We were in conditions that we were cold or hungry or fatigued. 
and still had to figure our, our, our way out of things. And in situations like that, to not lose your cool and know that you have enough confidence in the relationship with the other person, uh, you will, you can't help but come out stronger. And so we found that as we parent, parenting, as you well know, throws all sorts of curveballs and challenges at you. And oftentimes you're sleep deprived, you're hungry, you're cold, you're tired, but the objective is still there. You still have to parent. You can't just sort of pull in and, and call it in for a, for a day or so. And adventure raising was a great opportunity to work on that and realize, okay, this person, as I was talking about earlier, this is where this person is vulnerable. I can step in and they know my vulnerabilities and they can step in. And so that's what Steph was talking about, just being able to read that moment. She does that all the time still as we parent. So the the adventure race, the ongoing one with kids sort of continues on. But as, like you said, it was a great, uh, it was a great test run for our ability to handle challenges as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if I think about the rockiest moments in Michelle and I's marriage early on, it was when we, when we would go backpacking together and something would go wrong. And, you know, there's probably some wisdom in, in going through that before you get married in a way. But uh, yeah, now, now I, I know, I think I know the story you'll tell with this, which is why I'm going to ask it. Um, but I think it highlights some of this really well. So what was sort of the craziest thing that has happened to you guys on an adventure race? Well, there's been some injuries. There have been opportunities during training for adventure races where injuries happened and one of us had to be very dependent upon the other one. Um, I don't know if you want to describe your your run-in with the bike and the parking post. <laughs> so so if that's the one you're expecting, Rob, I know we did that on the, the other podcast, so I'll do an abbreviated version. Um, basically, we're, we're in an adventure race. We're with a fairly high-output team uh, going pretty fast. We're on a, the mountain bike portion of this race. We're, we're on trails. Everybody is is cruising and we're getting ready to transition to a different discipline. And so we're we're riding out from the trails. We get we're getting close to the parking lot, um, but we're we're going fast enough where the the um, the guy in front, Greg Pattison, for those who 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 know him, he goes right, Tom goes left, I go straight, and I hit a six by six wood post uh, with my bike. I break my bar handle, I break my finger. Uh, as my as my handlebars crash into it, I split open my chin. It's bleeding everywhere, and um, and uh, you know I yell like "man down," and so so Greg, the guy in front, goes straight to my bike and he starts fixing up my bike. And Tom comes straight to me and he starts fixing me up with his pre-planned medical equipment that he's got in the in. Um, in his backpack. And, and, you know, I had a choice. I could, I could, you know, wait for medical assistance or, or, uh, or whatever, but we decided to just keep going. That would be the, probably the fastest way back to the finish. And, and so, you know, I navigated the rest of the, the race with a, with a broken pinky. Um, it was just prior to the kayaking too. Yeah, kayaking is not fun with a with a broken pinky. I can attest to. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, 
Um, but but Tom was alluding to another another one that was just in a training run that we were having where we're down in the Minnesota River bottoms. It's a nice, it's a really great long off-road trail system where you can really get out into the middle of nowhere and and uh, get a long a long run in. And we're we're out about I don't know forty minutes into a run and and Tom's back seizes up. And where he can't walk, <laughs> and and so we had to uh, he and and it was tough to put weight on both of his legs, so we had to get it to where he was kind of hanging over my shoulders, and and we were walking in lockstep. We were he, we were moving our feet in lockstep so that he could keep as little weight um, on his on his spine as possible. Um, and we went all the way back um, out of the trail system that way uh, to get Tom to a car and some painkillers where he could start to where he could start to relax. So that was a um, the, <laughs> it was starting to get dark and cold. And, and that, that one had some, uh, you know, a little bit of the nerves, the, the unsettling nerves going. It, it, having those experiences definitely breeds a lot of comfort knowing that if you were to get into them again, that person can be there to support you and that you can support them. You go into situations with a greater level of confidence and it's that confidence actually that can help you achieve that goal that rather than feeling timid about, well, if if something were to go wrong, feeling self-conscious about your decisions or potentially what the other person might do. So we had a chance to really flush that out. And I, in that situation where I was, the, my back seized up, I, I basically couldn't keep my back erect. And so I wrapped my, stood right behind Steph and reached underneath her armpits and then grabbed onto her shoulders. And she was basically my spine at that point. And my legs just went right in lockstep with hers. So you can maybe look into that as a, a little bit of a metaphor. Um, she was leading, I was following at that point, and I was totally dependent upon what she was capable of doing. And so when you're in a, a team like that and you train together and you are enduring these challenges, you don't ever see a real use for tearing a person down, for being derogatory towards them, and that any resentment you might have really melts away when you know that that person is always going to be there for you and that they're going to, they have the capacity to um, forgive you and to remember the history that you have together. And that, yeah, there are going to be some tough times, but you will pull through based upon the relationship you have. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I feel like we're, we've, we've made an example of, of <laughs> Tom getting, getting injured or, or tired a number of times where I've had to save the day. And so I feel like I have to uh, recall, uh, it was, a, it was another training run. It was, we were, we were training for a, a half Ironman triathlon and it was, it was spring, early spring. So cold and windy and getting getting dark while we were riding, and I think it was a I don't know maybe a forty or fifty mile road road bike ride, and and it we just were were doing an out and back, at which which means we took we took one road, we went 
in one direction for 25 miles and turned around and came back for, for 25 miles. And we, I, I didn't really think about it too much, but we had the wind with us on the way out. And, and we're rushing it. And we're, we're feeling pretty good, uh, having a, keeping a really good pace. We turned around and the wind was at, was in our face. We slowed way down. I started getting cold. I started getting miserable. And um, Tom basically stood up and had kind of a windbreaker jacket on that he unzipped most of the way to create this this sail that allowed me to draft very strongly behind him. And I just huddled in behind him while he stood and made himself as big as possible the entire the the entire ride back. So um, there's. The, the the sacrifices one makes for the other for for the mutual success um, is it, it goes both ways. That's awesome. And knowing you both, I'm like, this is totally you guys. This is just what you do. <laughs> like, it's what you do then, and it's what you do. You know, if you're at a party and someone forgot the chips and salsa, like you'd figure it out. You know, um, <laughs> you would you would serve others well. So, you know, as I'm thinking about. Um, you know, th- this podcast is, is meant to help families get out, right. And, and do more in the outdoors. And as I hear what you're talking about with adventure races, I'm like, the things you glean, yeah. I mean, they're helpful for anyone, right. They, it's wonderful for marriage and all that. But if you talk about like what we hope for our kids, like there's your checklist, everything you just listed. Right. Um, but what I also hear is, yeah, my kids can't do that. <laughs> um, you know, my our oldest just ran a mile and a half today, and that was like the biggest thing ever. So how how can someone? Well, I guess the two questions, then, right? One is like, okay, for anyone who's maybe not at an elite athletic level, how can they get involved in this world? And then two, um, like, how can you bring kids into this? I'll start. Maybe the first of all, I think. I think it goes both ways. Adventure racing prepared us for parenting to some extent. And then now we're kind of going back to what we learned in adventure racing and what we've learned from parenting to help us get back outside with the kids. And, and so, you know, the, the amount of planning you have to do and the amount of gear you have to keep track of with adventure racing is not unlike the amount of gear you, you can't leave the house without. Uh, when you're when you're just even going to run an errand with kids, right? You need the car seat, you need the diaper bag, you need the blankie, you need the bottle, and it's the same. It's the same thing with with making sure that you've got all that gear for adventure racing. So then then it's the flip side when now you're trying to get kids into the outdoors. It's just it, it's it's both. Now you need the diaper bag still, but you also need the you know the maybe the fuel for for the for the race or for the for the activity. Um, the, the biggest piece of advice I can, I can give, and this may not necessarily be helpful for people with older kids, but start early, start. And and your point about vegetables, kids, kids don't like vegetables because 
we call them vegetables <laughs> and we, and we say, Oh, you have to eat your vegetables. That's just the necessary evil. It's the same reason why kids tend to shy away from exercise. It's exercise. It's work. It's something that mom and dad don't like doing or they groan about. So why am I going to do it? Uh, the more that it's either a part of your life and it's just what you do, or the more you make it a game, uh, the more they can they can get out. So Tom described that first adventure race that we did that was really more of a of a longer, more disciplined triathlon. The course was mapped out. You just had to know how to do each discipline and follow the arrows. With adventure racing, you get a map and you get a compass and it's like a treasure hunt. <laughs> uh, and and so you tell the kids like okay, here we are on the map and this is where we need to go. And we're going to find a little checkpoint that we get to mark off. Um, and how do you want to get there? You get to design, like it's a choose your own adventure book. Do you want to take this on the map shows a path, but the path is, is circuitous. If we went, if we tried the direct way, oh, it looks like there might be a swamp there, or it looks like there might be a really, really steep hill that we have to get over. So do you want to try the, the, more safe, but, but potentially longer way, or do you want to go straight there? And it allows the kids to really kind of have their own personalities shine and gives them a sense of, you know, kids raising kids is about, is about keeping them safe while giving them autonomy. Right. And, and so that allowing them to make choices and, and have a say in how you get from point A to point B, it's no longer a boring hike or run. It's, it's an adventure with a mission. I would say that when it comes to getting kids involved, the first step, as Steph mentioned, is how you shape the activity as an adult. Um, you, as parents, a large part of parenting is projecting what we feel and what we know about things. But oftentimes those feelings are that we harbor about a particular activity they pick up on real quickly and that is going to shape their experience. So knowing that each parent might have to be on their own journey to get to this and they might only be a chapter ahead of the kids, their enthusiasm for either the activity or embracing the challenge of, all right, this activity is going to make me uncomfortable, but I'm going to discover something new about myself. That kind of has to be the first step. Because if it isn't promoted and normalized by the, the parents, the kids, uh, they're not, it's going to be very tough to bring them in. So in our situation, that was sort of the standard. We were constantly finding opportunities in which to, to bring them into it. But those opportunities, I would say you have to be really patient with the process of progress, but more importantly, regress. I think that might be the the, the biggest thing is knowing how to regress an activity so that it meets the kid and ultimately the family or adult where they are. Challenging yet achievable, those little Goldilocks zones, that all goes into it. But anything could be the challenge. So for instance, that mile and a half that your son Mikey ran this morning, recognizing where he was, uh, the encouragement, and how to shape the challenge for him. Because he had one time mentioned as we were talking about, well, we could do this each day. 
because Michelle, your wife, was was very enthusiastic about that and was already thinking about how to sort of reshape the structure of their day to make this something that can be with with greater frequency within your schedule, which that is a huge part of it. It's putting a bucket out in a rainstorm to gather the drips that ultimately lead up, fill this bucket of, of experience and skill and training and exercise, all of that. It comes little bits frequently. And to be patient with that process, she was already starting to put that into her, her head. For us, it was the commute each day back and forth to school which with the kids that I started with, some of our other neighbors, to see the difference in how well they were performing versus how they did in the past, their enjoyment for that, that activity also was, uh, was increased. But Mikey's response initially was, well, I don't, I don't like this activity. And so I asked them the question, what if you did? What if you could get out there and run and chase soccer balls and frisbees and play tag and you wouldn't get tired. And so that really made him think, well, what if, what if it was? Said it, if, when you looked at those other kids, you saw their level of enjoyment. And I could tell you wanted to be up there, but were frustrated that you weren't. So finding a way to do a little bit of it each day and getting them comfortably uncomfortable is probably one of the largest steps is to find, all right, this is going to challenge you a little bit more each day. And that's ultimately what's going to get you there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I love the idea of play, right? Play-based activity. Um, and it, it gets me thinking, right? Because I think, okay, so let's say I'm listening to this and I love the idea of doing an adventure race with my family and with my kids at some point, you know, but I'm not in great shape. Um, all of this sounds very overwhelming. Tell me what you think about this. What, what I'm hearing is like, maybe a good first place to start would be to, you know, maybe enroll in like a family 5k and at the same time, maybe do a really easy, you know, low barrier to entry orienteering race as a family. What, what, what do you think about that as like a good way to start in this world? I think the the orienteering, the family orienteering is a great place to start. Minnesota Orienteering Club, uh, if we can add that link to this to this podcast, that is a that's a fantastic resource and um it it's the foundation for it all. Once you can navigate with using a map and a compass and you can get comfortable in the woods. That then, you know, whether you're adding in, whether you're doing that first one on foot and then you're adding in pedaling or you're adding in kayaking, um, that's the, that's the key. And if you're, and if the kids are, are excited about that, uh, that kind of discovery or that treasure hunt that, that you get to do, um, you just, you can, you can expand it in so many different ways. I even say that before a family 5k, I mean that if, if the family is interested in that, great, go for that. Um, but, but I think getting kids out with a map and a compass and a mission is the, is the, the, a really great first step. And you can do that through Minnesota Orienteering Club. They also have maps, orienteering maps available through for local Minnesota parks, that you can purchase on their website. And so you wouldn't even have to join a race. You could just go out and you could pick the different checkpoints that you wanted to go 
find and go do that as a family. When you're looking at some of the those other events, say the 5K or anything that you sign up for, I think there's a it's an opportunity to really convey the idea that if we want to get to there, we don't just jump there. We have to build ourselves towards this. And whether or not it's a sense of delayed gratification, I'm putting in the work for this reward that we're going to get each day, or that sense of, as I was telling Mikey, you know what your body's going to be doing tonight? It's going to recognize that it was challenged and it's going to start to change and it's going to make itself stronger as you sleep and you eat all the right foods. And the next time you come out here, that same level is going to be easier and you're going to want to challenge yourself some more. And so teaching kids that you've got a little bit more each day, that they have this growth mindset, that their, their bodies can change and it making it very tangible, whether or not you pull out a, a calendar where you can put big red X's on it, we've got to stay active or we're going to do these things each day and we're going to, we're going to increase our, our mileage or our time walking, or we're going to carry a backpack for this amount of time, something that they can, all right, for every, every quarter mile you went, you're putting a penny into this jar and to see how, uh, you accumulate this type of investment in yourself that, and how you can make that tangible. You can use this as a, as a sort of a, a money investment type metaphor as well. Um, but that when you start to put in work over time, which that's time is a tough concept for kids. Like they feel of the here and now it's tough for them to look down the road that, Oh, I'm going to be there eventually if I'm just patient. And that might be one of the greatest life lessons that you can convey in these types of events, adventure racing, or even the, the 5k or something like that. I'm going to put in the time to prep for it. And then I'm going to recognize that if I'm patient, the work and the play and the time spent together, not only pay off to achieve that goal, but you know, as a, as a teacher and coach, you make the experience about the journey, getting to that point, the time that you spent all together, um, participating in that. And then eventually you've got your, your, you can hang your hat on that one event and, and start looking at the next one. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And for anyone who doesn't know, I realize I didn't say what orienteering is. So orienteering, right, is just racing to different checkpoints with a map and compass. And, you know, Steph mentioned the Minnesota orienteering club. Obviously that's the one in our state, but most states should have some sort of orienteering club. It's, it's a popular enough race to where they have, you know, national championships. So, um, but it's, it's very recreational, very family friendly. Uh, we actually did one uh, with our kids when they were five, four, and two. And like, was it perfect? No, but was it accessible and fun? Absolutely. So, <laughs> the funny thing that you just said was, was it perfect? There's, I don't think there's ever been a perfect adventure race or orienteering race which is again why it's great it's uh, there there'd be no fun in that <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think that's a great uh a great note to leave this conversation on but guys thank you so much this has been fantastic i'm excited to share this yeah we've had a great time thanks for having us again. always fun to talk with you about this 